Good morning boys and girls. This morning I'm up in Early Beach in Queensland in North Australia and I'm very excited to have with me Joel Walton who's a friend that I met here on a tour actually four days ago. It's hard to believe. But <laughs> he joined at the hip since. Um, keeps following me around. <laughs> so uh, it's very cool to have him here and I think it's going to be very useful to you guys as well because Joel took a very interesting career path. He was um, doing very well in university, decided to go traveling instead of going into, say, big business, and stuck with the whole traveling theme and ended up working in travel for the past, what, 10 years now? 10 years, yeah. 10 years. So, um, going to learn a little bit about that lifestyle, about the decisions he made, and um, go from there. So, Joel, do you want to introduce yourself a little bit? Yeah, so my name's Joel, obviously. Um, I have worked in travel for 10 years um, in various roles as a, as a guide, as a travel agent, um, and now as a travel wholesaler. Right, okay. So, as newbies to this, like as just a tourist, say, yeah. I don't understand what happens behind the scenes. So, say if we use the example of uh, the Ride to Paradise that we did the other day, with the, the tour that we met. Yeah. I go into my travel, into my hostel, and I say, lads, I want to do a tour. Yeah. And they say, yep, do this. They give me a deal they seem to give me a really good deal by the sounds of it well, how does that all kind of happen and yeah so i mean obviously the, the company that i'm working for at the moment they run a um they're a wholesaler so they enable uh someone like ride, ride to paradise to list their tour um on on our on our i guess it's a website but it's it's kind of internal so they allow allow that company to list their tour on our database and then we basically enable travel agents to book that so we have a, a cloud-based platform um, that travel agents can log into um, and they can make bookings for tours, activities, accommodation, transport, all that sort of stuff. So, right, okay. you know, in Australia on the East Coast is kind of primarily where we grew from and uh, you can book a Greyhound bus from Sydney all the way to Cairns, you can book all your accommodation activities along the way. And yeah. We don't deal with customers, we, we deal with, like, with, you know, B2C, yeah. we deal B2B, so we enable someone like the place where we are now at base, we enable their travel list to, to make a booking for that product. Yeah, pretty yeah. competitive racket I'd say, there's a few companies doing it, right? Very, yeah, oh, we, we, were, we were kind of early starters in that uh, cloud-based right. um, arena, it wasn't even called that when, when the company started doing that, Yeah. and they, uh, I, I think they're quite, they were quite far ahead in live, live availability, so basically taking away the phone call and, and, and you know, that that sort of interaction of having yeah. to email for availability or call for availability and just connecting systems through an API um, between systems. So, so we can, someone like Road to Paradise, we can actually, someone in Sydney can make a booking and it'll go all the way down to their manifest yeah, know, okay. on, on the ground. Who else is doing that in Australia and then in Ireland as well, because half our audience is in Ireland? Uh, so we've got, we've got customers in those places, so uh, in Australia, places like uh, Peter Pan's, One Stop Adventures, Base Nomads, Happy Travels, there's lots of them. Yeah. Uh, in Ireland, uh, Been and Seen Travel. Been and, and Seen. Been and Seen, yeah. they, um, they run it over there, they're on the online base, so yeah, we kind of enable lots of different companies to do bookings for, for those products, and it's great. It's, it's, it's a niche market in a way it's not like your flight centers or your STAs these are people that actually know and, and understand and experience the, the products they're selling like 
I'm doing now. Yeah. Yeah. It's a fascinating um, business. And I've told you that I've really enjoyed getting an insight into it this week, just hanging out with you. And yeah. like you come in, flown in from Byron Bay. You seem to know everyone in town who's in the business. Yeah. Drinking about nine cups of coffee a day, having meetings <laughs> with all the different agencies and owners. It's a, it's your kind of, it's a very glamorous sort of uh, small business world. Yeah, it's, got, quite, it's full of good people. Um, I think that's what we all enjoy about it is that it's, um, you know, there's good people. It's, uh, people do it because they love it. There's, there's definitely money to be made in there, um, but it's really about um, people choosing a different kind of life path, people breaking out of the mould, you know. Um, like one of the operators here that, that, we, that we kind of uh, met and, and did some stuff with, he used to work at a, a you know a big brand travel agency down in uh, South Australia, and he, you know, he was sales driven and corporate, marching to the beat of the corporate drum, top of that kind of, you know, I guess that company sales team. Yeah. Um, selling tours, he was the senior citizen sales specialist because he realised that they spent the most money and the yield on his sales was the best. Oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, so he, and, yeah, he came up, I think he came up here on holiday. Who knows? I didn't really dig into the story, but you know, now he owns a couple of boats and does tours and hangs out with young people. And, yeah. you know, and they love what they do. And that's completely different from the path he was on because he realised there was something else. And I think a lot of the people in this industry... Um, you get that. Lots of people come from Ireland and the UK and come down here and then they realise, fuck, you know, working that corporate ladder's a shit time. Yeah. So, you know, they, they kind of, they go, oh, what else can I do? And you've got people running backpacker hostels and people think that's not very glamorous. And, you know, it's not, but you meet people who it's are travelling every day. People are happy. Everyone gets paid enough. Yeah. You know, life's good. I met an English guy yeah. last night, actually. After I left you last night, I met an English guy. And then um, he was, I was like, oh, what are you doing down here? And he said, oh, I'm actually working. I've just, I started traveling and I said, you know what, fuck, I'm going to stay and do a bit of work. And he said he's had more fun working here than he had in his free time at home. Because it's just, it's really, <laughs> yeah. it's a nice environment That's to work in. It's casual. He's young. He's got nothing to lose. Yeah. Um, great experience meeting tons of people. Yeah. Like, it's a pretty cool thing. Definitely. It's <laughs> You know, and it's not hard to get into. And if you've got skills, if you're, if you're, you know, if you're in university and you're studying and you, you, you understand business and accounting or marketing or, you know, economics or whatever your skills are, you can just and, you're, able to sell. And, you, and you know, if you're able to sell exactly, and you bring those skills into, into the industry, is you know, the, the, those paths open up for you. You yeah. can start on the bottom, and there's, you know, all the people I know that are at the top of this racket, um, or most of them started from. You know, the guy that started the company I work for, he, uh, he started handing, handing flyers out on the street. Really? You know, he started selling Fraser Island with Sunday's tours with flyers on the street, ended up buying the shop, ended up buying the chain, ended up starting a company to make tickets for the chain, ended up selling that company's software, making tickets for all the chains. What? Yeah, I mean, he, start, he started from absolutely nothing. Yeah. Um, inspiring guy to work for. It's cool with that the way the guy, a young guy handing out leaflets on the side of the road, he, despite that being somewhat of a, well, not like a lowly job, but at the bottom yeah, of the food chain. Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to be nice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, but it a is lowly nice job. started there too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah I remember you were sure. saying you were driving buses yeah. and then you worked up and up and up. I started handing out flyers. <laughs> yeah. Jesus, sure. man. Yeah, yeah. But when you're even at that level, 
you're talking to the owner of the business every day, presumably, and you have full visibility into how every aspect of the business works. So yeah. even though you're just handing out flyers, you're actually getting a lot of education as to how this business works, how each aspect of it kind of fits in with one another. Yeah. And then by the time you've done it for, say, not had flyers for five years, but by the time you've been in the business for five years, you have a good enough understanding of it to say, this is how much I need to chip into one of these businesses, this is how much I could make off the back of it, and this is what it would take to run it. Yeah. So it is, it's a, it's a good business to get into. Well, the guy that, um, the guy, a friend of mine in, in Ireland that runs Venus and Travel, his name's Rowan Brennan, um, he's quite an interesting guy, and I actually hired him to hand out flyers in Byron when I had gone from handing out flyers to right. kind of essentially running the shop, and, um, you know, I you know, mate, I've seen you around town. He was driving the bus to Cheeky Monkeys, which is a popular bar yeah. down there, which you and I both know. <laughs> and uh, he was handing out flyers for us. He was great at it. And then we were really busy, you know, doing sales. And we were like, oh, mate, if you want to bring them around behind the desk, sit them down and start telling them a little more because you've done the tours, you know what you're selling. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> then he started doing that. And I was like, mate, you're pretty savvy. Here's how you do it. Here's how you process the sale. Next thing he was selling. Next thing he was selling more than me. Next thing he moved to Cairns, it was like, you know, one of the top salesmen in the company. And then he started his own business selling it over in Ireland. Yeah. You know, it's great. It's and, it's, crazy. and you know, now that's kind of, he's just at the point now where he's, he's just really starting to, you know, starting to grow into something, which, yeah. is, which is fantastic. It's online, he's, he's selling, and it's really, really cool to see. And, and it, he's lucky because <laughs> he took that back to, to Ireland and he had connections in the, in, in the I guess in content marketing, so he, you know, used to work when he went back. He did a bit of work for HubSpot. And they oh, utilised yeah. that technology. Um, a good friend of his, uh, Andrew Mulan, runs the company Newswhip. I was telling you about. Yeah. And so he utilises that technology, and he has all these connections and his other his other mate um, that works for Google that I was telling you yeah. about as well. So all the, you know, all these people that he knew from growing up came and did this racket. He loves he loves Ireland. He's you know he's as Irish as they get. Look yeah. at the Color of his hair. So, <laughs> and you know, but he but he's gone. You know, he's lived that lifestyle. He's like, okay, I really want to go home and, and you know be around my friends and family. So he took that. Mm. that yeah, it's great. One thing about this business is that when people look at it from the outside in, it look like you know backpackers are cheap. They're dirty. They 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 go as cheap as they possibly can on everything. And you think there's no money to be made in it because it is, as you say, unglamorous. But there's so many of them. Like, even just being here in Early Beach for the last week, you just see buses every hour dropping off teams of backpackers. Yeah. And they're yeah. all coming in paying whatever, 200 for the week of accommodation, flights, food, drinks. Like, it's, it's a there's cash cut. Yeah, there's heaps of money there. It's, and it's... Um I think there's something for everyone, you know, you look at these guys here outside traveling in their car <laughs> and, you know, you know, that's not for everyone. And, you know, the trip we did, Ride to Paradise, yeah. I mean, that's, that's a little bit more expensive than, say, the trip they might do. Yeah. Um, and if I was traveling as a backpacker, you know, I'm 30 years old, I, I, I want to do something that's a, a little bit classier, but yeah. I don't want to stay in a hotel. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to sit in my room with my girlfriend and watch TV. You know, yeah. I want to go out and go paddleboarding and scuba diving and snorkeling or whatever you're doing. And meet people. And, and meet people and interact. And, and I think that's, what it, that's what's really attractive about it. And there's, there is, there's a lot of different, that's why it, it, it works so well, because it's something for everyone. Yeah. You know? And yeah, I think it's, 
It's great. It's the future of traveling, in my opinion, all that stuff. You look at what Airbnb's doing with yeah. the B2B experiences. It's more, it's more real. It's not that 50 people on a tour bus, you know, doing a scenic drive through, you know, through yeah. the mountains. It's, it's, it's about interaction and experience. And it that's really what, is. Yeah, and it will continue to grow. And th- there's a lot of people that are trying to remove that term backpacker like there's a lot of people say for example the, the term dorm bed you right. know, people associate that with you know all sorts of things <laughs> and so people are starting to call it you know quad share rather than dorm yeah, okay. and try and glamour it up a little bit which yeah. is good because then it, 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 it can you don't I think that's one of the biggest problems in our industry that, that we face is that people uh, it's really about understanding what you're where you're sending someone and understanding your product and knowing your product. Yeah. I think there's a big gap there that, that I want to try and help fill. And, you know, you don't want to be on the same tour necessarily as a guy who's eating two-minute noodles and doesn't want to spend any money and steals all the biscuits and takes yeah. them to the corner. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Full like... experience. Yeah. So, you know, it is, uh, product knowledge is really important. Yeah. And that, uh, I think that if, if you're dealing with, with travel agents that it... That, that it that demonstrate that they understand the difference between certain products and the and putting the right person on the right product. I mm. think that's really important. I like I I've always loved traveling and I I'm lucky to be at a stage now where I couldn't do like a really glamorous holiday by any means, but I could go and stay in like a decent place and have like eat out and all that sort of crap. Yeah. I honestly prefer to not. Like the best holiday I I can remember is I don't know if I told you about it, a couple of months ago. I just hired a car down in Melbourne and drove around the Great Ocean Road and slept in the back of the car. I, I just ate grapes and nuts in the passenger seat, awesome. listening to my own music all the time. Like, awesome. It was perfect. Yeah. And then I get off, and because I'm on my own, I need some interaction. So you have to go and talk to people, meet people. That's what I've been doing here as well. I think traveling is about the invisible stuff rather than the visible stuff. Yeah. So I've stopped before going places, and it kind of shot me in the foot here, you did no research for this holiday. I don't Google image things. So I don't Google image Whitehaven Beach and then say, yeah, I'll go there. Because then when I actually go there and I'm at the lookout, it's like, oh, shit, it looked better on Google. Sure. Traveling is not about the visual stuff for me. I think beaches and, and beautiful scenery are awesome, but there's a diminishing marginal returns on them. Yeah. Your hundredth beach isn't as pretty as your first beach. Yeah, sure. You know what I mean? Yeah, and definitely. I guess being lucky to live in Australia for a while, you see a lot of nice beaches and eventually it just doesn't do it. The reason I go traveling is for the invisible stuff. Yeah. The people you meet from all different walks of life is fascinating. The cultural experiences as well, which is, uh, I, like, Australia is probably a little bit more limited in diversity than if you were to go around Europe, say, and um, an hour away, you've got different language, different history, different culture, different values, everything. Sure, sure, sure. I love that about traveling. And so I think Airbnb with experiences are really onto oh uh, yeah I agree uh, it's actually a bit of a bone of contention for me because I I from in, from an industry perspective it's um it's a dangerous thing to do to enable people to offer an experience without being vetted to do so like you know we have insurance public liability insurance we have standards we have you know industry bodies regulation and it's all you know, people might not always agree with that. And what, what Airbnb does is it skirts around that and uh, yeah. puts you in touch with someone. It's great if you want to go, say, there's a really popular one in Sydney that, you know, a guy shows people around his sustainable home. Right. It's like 20 or 40 bucks or something. It's really cheap. And that's great. That's a great experience. 
A different experience would be if you came to Byron Bay and someone who thought they were a surf instructor decided they want to run a, you know, run a, a surf lesson. They go, oh, hey, I surf, I know what I'm doing, I'll take you for a surf. But maybe they're not trained in first aid. Yeah. Um, you know, they don't know the ocean conditions and they, they, they don't really know what they're doing. And then that's when, that's when people get hurt, people can die. Yeah. So it's, um, yeah, it's, it's a good thing, it's market disruptive, it, it, it'll be positive in the long run, but I think, um, I think they, they need to heed into some of those, you know, they need to be part of industry, because it's not like we do it, it's not, sure there's people that are in there making profit off the fact that you have to be registered as a, you know, a certified company, whatever you're doing, like, the, you know, the, uh, even the first aid industry profits off yeah. surf instructors, but it's important, you need to know these things. Yeah. I think that's one thing that to be aware of. Yeah, um, fair enough. And I think Airbnb should look at that as something that they take on board and go, you know what, we need to, we need to vet, vet these kind of, these experiences. Yeah. Offering, I think know? the transport equivalent, Uber, seem to uh, plow through that stuff almost recklessly and to their own dismay now with the CEO leaving it everything. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, it's... It's funny in a town like Early Beach, you don't have Uber because people love the local taxi drivers. That's really? what they tell me. That's so funny. Yeah, you know. So, and there, I'm sure there's plenty of opportunity. And yeah, it's yeah, it's a funny one. The localness, the the local kind of aspect of it, <laughs> localness. The local aspect of it is definitely a selling point as well. You don't want to deal with a faceless company. You want to deal with the locals. And as I say, yeah, the invisible stuff that I'm talking about comes from the locals. It doesn't come from. A faceless big company. Yeah. For those who don't quite understand, what exactly is Airbnb Experiences doing? So you explained it to me last night, but yeah. They're, so they, I mean, they're doing the same thing they do with 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 their accommodation. So they offer, uh, you know, I could go on there and start Joel's amazing Sydney tours and list as a as an experience, and then people can go on to Airbnb and uh, you know they can pay to to go on my experience yeah it's pretty straightforward but you're not the host you're just uh you're a third the host. party you're the you're the host so, so i, I can, can't I, you could be the host and you could offer you know an irish perspective on sitting tours or whatever you <laughs> want to call it yeah know? um and yeah it enables people to be a tour operator without going through the proper channels which is good and bad yeah good and bad yeah. bits to it yeah 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 it's quite interesting I wonder if Airbnb is going to become not all about it, but more and more about that. Like if 80% of Airbnb will one day be experience included. So mm-hmm. you'll only want to go with the host who will show you around and, and so on. I don't, no, I don't, I mean, maybe. I, I think their, their core business, I think, will remain accommodation. Because yeah. That's, you know, that's, what, that's what the name They've got it implies. really good. Yeah, and I, I, yeah, I like it, but at the same time, it's not for... You know, it's not for everyone, and I think the experience is different. You know, if you mm. say you're traveling as a backpacker, you don't want to stay in an Airbnb because you, you might not. You might connect with a local host, but a lot of people are about connecting with, uh, you know, travelers from their own country, perhaps, and experiencing something together and taking relationships and friendships back home and meeting people from other walks of life that aren't necessarily Australian or, you know local yeah yeah so I think there's I think there's room for all of it yeah fair enough yeah and it depends where you are you might decide that in Sydney you want to stay in an Airbnb for a couple of nights and then stay in a backpackers in Bondi or whatever yeah. you want to do you know but you're going to have to stick to one thing yeah yeah fair enough 
What does travel do for you? Like you fell in love with it in early age. Yeah. What about it allures you? Yeah, I everything about it really. For me, it's kind of it's it's what what it's all about. You know, new places, new experiences, new people, meeting new people. It's it's a lot of fun. I love it. I love rocking into a town I've never been to and getting the lay of the land and trying to figure out what makes it tick and there's something amazing about every place you go and yeah. some of the time it's those invisible things other times it might be an amazing beach or a river or a waterfall or the wildlife or yeah you know like i went to sri lanka uh two years ago that was probably one of the best trips i've done really yeah it's amazing man you've got the you know it feels like a cross between bali and india i've never been to india but i would imagine <laughs> and you know you arrive and there's you know there's delicious curry there's elephants there's waves and beaches mountains trains Jeez. i don't know everything about sri lanka is amazing yeah i love that destination i've never even very touristy like though i think one of the things that i struggle with is what tourism can do to a place yeah you know like sri lanka bali i mean look at bali i don't know if you've been to bali yeah i have i didn't like it yeah a lot of people don't now it used to be incredible and yeah there's still lots of incredible places in bali um but, but in indo generally apparently it's less kind of overrun with tourism it's just oh for sure you go up like off you know, I went, the last trip I did in Indonesia was to a little island called Nias in, in, the, in the northern Sumatra, or off the coast of Sumatra, and uh, yeah, that you, you don't feel like you're in Bali there, that's yeah. damn sure. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, that's what you want. Completely different. Um, it was too overrun for me, for sure. Like, I like the quiet, chill out places where you go into a bar and meet a couple of locals. I think it's big business that ruins that, you know, corporate yeah. interest. Yeah. Um, McDonald's. Yeah, you know, boycott that. Yeah, I uh, it does something really good for me. I don't know what it is, but it's kind of like the way I kind of describe your head when you're working is it's just like a pressure cooker, and every now and then you need to just let a little bit of air out of it and just like kind of relieve a little bit. Yeah, travel does that. Yeah, for me, I don't know why. You know what? Something I I reckon that is really amazing about travel is that you know everyone has stress. That stress that you talk about yeah. in their lives is you know people that are depressed because of it. There's stress with relationships and family and I think if you say you grow if Ireland's a great example you know if you if you grow up in uh, say Galway an amazing place but you you're born there you stay there you might travel a little bit around Ireland but you never left you know imagine what who you are when you get to the age of 70 or 80 you know what your life experience is mm. it's pretty sheltered yeah you know and and you may have gone through hard times and got through them and whatever but i think what travel does for me and i think for a lot of people is it opens your mind you know it opens your mind to other cultures you know other lifestyles that's why people who come down here and get into this industry that's why it works that way because they go wow there's something different to yeah what the norm is you know if you grow up in essex and you know the lifestyle here is completely different yeah um so yeah i think that i think that experience is it opens people's minds to other possibilities and, and other other things and that can be a, a great way to come out if you know if someone's suffering from depression and you know it's not necessarily people think sometimes it travels an escape uh, it's it can be and maybe you need to escape from something but it can also be just a way to open your mind up to something different. Yeah. You know, break the mold a little bit. There's no, two of my favorite things are moving. Like, I just love moving. I was, I was <laughs> really tempted. Yeah. On Wednesday, after, on Thursday morning, I'd spend Wednesday afternoon, we got back from the island. 
I wanted to rent a car and just go down the coast. I wanted to f- see if I could drive back to Sydney in three days, which would have been possible, but like it would have been, I would have had a sore ass by the end, but that was like 30 hours of driving, isn't it? Yeah, it wouldn't um, have been too bad. I mean, yeah, you would, be, you would, you would have a sore ass, but <laughs> you'd see, you'd see the, the landscape change. It'd be cool. You know, I think it's I'll hard to see that landscape change in Australia. I've done that drive, it's great. Really? Yeah, I've driven the whole coast. That's from cool. From Cape Tribulation to Melbourne. No way. Yeah. I almost got up for yeah. Cape Tribulation as well. Yeah, Cape Tribulation's incredible. Yeah. Yeah, great spot. So I love moving. I just love, I love, it doesn't, not, not, even if I'm not looking out the window, I just love moving. I love kind of like going through maybe the unknown or something. I'm not sure what it is. Yep. That was the second thing. It is the unknown that I just love there. Uh, I love stepping out and not knowing where my foot's going to land. Yeah. And so when you book a flight to say Airlie Beach or Sri Lanka, Bali, anywhere that you've never been, Ireland, if you've never been there. Oh, the Ireland's incredible. It's really cool. I did the last drive I did was uh, Wild Atlantic Way. Oh yeah, yeah. Fantastic. I love what they're doing there. They're really building that up. It's incredible. I actually yeah. bought the book. Um, no it's, it's such a, you know, that's a, an amazing uh, way of, of that coast you know there's little blue signs yeah you're driving along you're like, oh there's one let's fucking turn left and they're written what's engaged. down here yeah, yeah. And like you know you don't know where the fuck you are google maps doesn't work <laughs> out there and so you're just driving down these little windy roads and you come to the end and there is the most amazing cliffscape that you've yeah. ever seen in your entire life yeah there's this little blue sign that you followed with these two little waves on it which is actually funny enough the aquarius sign oh so, there you yeah. go and i was yeah it's cool. I, I grew up hating Ireland until I left. Like, no, not until I left. Until about last year, I hated it. Yeah. Like, I really didn't like it. Thought it was ugly, hideous, all that stuff. Yeah. Boring. Interesting. And then when I moved away and I came down here and it's all beaches and sun and all that sort of stuff, that was amazing. And then, as I say, law of diminishing returns, eventually you're kind of like, oh, so this is, this, this is like beauty A, but Ireland is just as beautiful in a very different way. Yeah. And yeah. now when I go back, I'm actually like, because I only go back once every say eighteen months, my jaw's on the floor if I drive through like the, the fields of Antrim or somewhere rural. Oh, it's amazing. The castles. Yeah, the castles. Yeah. The history. It's incredible. Yeah, and the coastline as well. Like the beaches. Look, they're not Byron. They don't have any waves. They are, but, mate. I could pull out photos on my phone, and you would think they were Byron because it's beautiful. There, you've got white sand and clear blue water. In over the west, there. actually, yeah, you yeah, do. you yeah. do. I mean, some of the beaches on there. It's actually, I saw a drone footage and it's like, guess where this is? And it was like, I showed it to a few different people and it was like, I don't know, you know, Portugal or I don't yeah. know, they, all sorts of names coming out. It's like, it's the coast of Ireland. Coast of Ireland. Yeah, it's on it's a sunny Ireland. day, one of the few. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, but we always do, everyone says that when it's sunny, there's no better place to be than Ireland. It's amazing and it's beautiful at the same yeah. time. Yeah. Um, but that does, so that's an interesting thing actually. When you go somewhere, you realise that your home place has a different kind of beauty. You become appreciative of different kinds of beauty that are on, that are on offer. But what I'm saying is that um, it breaks through boundaries for you. And even if, like, I love what you said, it's not an escape. It's an opportunity to just climb hurdles. If anything, it's, it's a, it could be an equal or even a bigger challenge for some people. Very much so. But it's just a different type of challenge. Like, you go away and you're, like, so I was in the, the beaches restaurant on my own the other day. And I was like, okay, I'm going to just make, it, make myself a challenge here. Find someone to go sit with and have dinner with. And I looked around and luckily there was a good looking bunch of shields behind me. So I was like, okay, I'm going to go sit with them. And I had to like work up the courage to go to them and say, hey, do you mind if I join you? And I did. And then we had a great chat, like really good fun for about two or three hours. And then um, meeting you guys, asking the waitress in the cafe out. 
even though she said no, was like, it kind of, you have to work up courage to doing that. Like, those little challenges, you're not going to do them in your hometown because, you know, if you get shot down, then you're like, shit, I have to go here every day. But you do them when you're away. There's no consequences, and you've ticked the little box or climbed a little hurdle for yourself. It's, it's a really, really cool thing. Yeah, it is, and to have the opportunity to reinvent yourself in a way, you know, that's um, not necessarily a healthy thing all the time, but if you, know, if you need to reinvent yourself a little bit, yeah. you go somewhere where no one knows you and things are completely different and people might be more accepting. Look at that Israeli guy. Yeah. You know, I mean, you know, a gay Israeli dude with orange hair, <laughs> you know, like tough place to grow up where he grew up and, yeah. and he's able to come down here and be himself just be himself not reinvent himself yeah be himself and that, that's i think that's amazing and you can yeah travel really does that guys this is an 18 year old that we are on the tour with he's 18 that's going to be huge for him yeah yeah i think yeah massive travel will give him a he'll learn gift. so much i mean even just sitting down and having dinner with us i think he learns <laughs> bit, um, whether that was a good thing or not um but yeah so I guess one thing that I was curious about, you're, you're, you're trying to help people decide what to do with their lives. That's the point of, of what you do. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. So I um, I went into my first job, which I didn't like. I wasn't really suited to. Yeah. And then I went into second job, which where I love the culture and the day-to-day role wasn't quite as stimulating. Yeah. And so I'm kind of thinking at this day and age, why is someone who's switched on like me and kind of looking around for different opportunities and everything why is there a lack of information for me there three years ago two years ago and even like now to be honest and i just think that if i was in uni making these decisions again i'd like to hear from people who have done the the three years that have just done the three four ten years that are just ahead of me and learn what this ten years is like because it's the biggest ten years of your life i think arguably yeah um and I want to help people get it right and have the best experience they can. Yeah. And I know like one friend in particular of mine has mentioned to me, he said, look, I love the podcast. Um, and I said, thanks. What, what would you like from it? And he said, I'd love to hear about travel. And I had a girl, an Argentinian girl, who quick Google and went traveling around the world about a month ago. On, and she was great. And now it's brilliant to have you on and learn more about travel from the other side. And, because a lot of people go traveling. Firstly, before that, a lot of people think about going traveling. Half of them go traveling, the other half say, you know what, it's a stupid thing to do, it's reckless, I'm throwing away my career, all that sort of stuff. And the other half go. The other half go to Croatia and they stay in a hostel. And they meet this legend of an Aussie guy or a Kiwi guy or an Irish guy who's working there having the time of his life. And they're thinking, geez, that guy's got it made. What would it be like to be him? And what would it be like, like what are his kind of concerns and stuff? I wish I was the carefree as him. He's not carefree. He's got a lot of concerns going on in his head, I'm sure. But he's having a great time um, today. And <clears throat> he might pay the cost for it tomorrow. He might not. Who knows? But I'm trying to, like through you, I guess, help people get an idea of what this travel thing is like, both from the tourist side and from the working side. Okay, I guess, see what the, yeah, a couple of things come to mind when you say that, all that, is one thing that I find really interesting that is big business is that big companies in the States, you know, whatever they are, uh, part of the process of the, the, you know, getting a job and your CV and how it's put together is that you've done something abroad. Yeah. I think it's hilarious because they've taken this and, you know, put it into the mould that, you know, yeah, you must have travel abroad experience to get this job, so you must have, and so Americans are paying 
massive amounts of money to volunteer, you know, down in Costa Rica. Yeah. And so they go down for six months or a couple of months or summer, whatever they do, and volunteer. But they're paying, so they're not volunteering, they're paying massive amounts of money to go and do something positive. And that stuff is positive, but there's people making a lot of money that yeah. off that. And it's become a big industry. You know, you could, you know, people tap into that and go, you know, study abroad. You know, there's cruise ships you can get on. Americans from the ages 18 to 21 can get on a cruise ship and go traveling around the world. And it's called, it's like, I don't know, a study abroad program. And it's a fucking cruise. I mean, they're making a mint off it. You know? So <laughs> that stuff I find really interesting. So there's value in that. Big companies have kind of zoned into the fact that travel offers that experience. So yeah. I think anyone that's thinking that it might hinder their career, not the case at all. You know, you just... You'll learn from it. You'll learn more about. You might realize that you don't want to be an accountant. Yeah. You want to be a chef. Um, you know, and that's okay. It's mm. about what makes you happy, in my opinion. Yeah. For me, I was on that path. You know, I was at university studying. I was, you know, I went in as a mature student, so I traveled a little bit before. Right. Um, just a little, uh, and I went back, and I'd. Because um, I didn't get into university because I slacked off at school. Right. I was smart enough, but I just, you know, wasn't really into it. School yeah. didn't work for me that much. And so when I went to university, I'd already figured out that I wanted to, you know, I wanted to study tourism. And I started studying tourism and realised that I wasn't into that. I wanted to study business because that's what tourism that's was about. That's behind the tourism, yeah. Exactly. So I started studying tourism and they were talking about fluffy stuff in my opinion and I was like no I want to I want to know about how to manage how to market yeah. how to account I want to know these things and I started doing that and then ended up going down the strategic management kind of role and it was so interesting for me to hear that you'd apply to McKenzie yeah um, because that was it right you know strategic management McKenzie and co that was that was the epitome of it and I was down that path straight A's you know doing all sorts of stuff to put me in that direction got interviews in Wellington for strategic management firms there it was all there and you know wearing a suit and doing all that and I just thought fuck this <laughs> I don't you know I saw how miserable a lot of those people were and yeah. I was like you know I don't want to do that that's not that's not fun and I stumbled on the fact that our university offers exchanges to Canada and um, they there was such a demand for Canadian students to come to New Zealand that they were paying students from my university to go to Canada. So they're giving you a $2,000 grant to go. And then you would pay the same fees you would pay in New Zealand. So it's like, hold on, you'll pay for my airfares. I can claim all the same fees and expenses that I do in New Zealand. And so if I can just save enough money to cover a semester, you know, of yeah. food and maybe prepay my poutine accommodation. And, and some beers. Poutine and Keith's, Alexander <laughs> Keith's. Um, then, then I can go to Canada. This is amazing. And so I went to Canada and studied in Halifax and Nova Scotia. I was planning on Vancouver, but they were only taking lawyers that year. So right. I went over and studied business in, in uh, Dalhousie in Halifax, which nice. is a great university. I learned heaps. Yeah. Got some amazing connections, um, friends, and, you know, and managed to surf there. And that was the start of it. And I went back. That was, this, that was halfway through my second year. And I went back and I was like, I don't want to go back to university in Wellington for another year and a half. So I ended up studying remotely online in a national park, working at a um, 
five star lodge in Canada no in New Zealand New so Zealand in the Able Tasman National Park look it up it's beautiful right. and I worked at this place called Awaroa and I studied uh, I did you know I just kept going on my course but I studied it through an online university credited it back to my university then the next semester I studied in Papua New Guinea and then the next semester after that I was in I think I came back to Australia anyway so I ended up going to five different universities for my degree that's credited crazy. it all back to the one that I started at it was a lot of work, but you can do it anywhere. Yeah. I think I missed out on one class that I couldn't cross-credit, but the rest of them I cross-credited back to Victoria University, which is a great university That's to crazy. have a degree from. And um, yeah, and then that was that was my degree. It took a little longer, but I managed to do it in Papua New Guinea, Canada, Australia, a national park in New Zealand, and Wellington. Yeah, you know. that's phenomenal. Yeah, it was great. God, I'd, I'd definitely encourage people to look into that because my one of my only regrets, but I probably have like one or two the big one is I studied business and I was studying Spanish myself on the side just to help with like brain and stuff and I really wish I'd studied business in Spanish and took instead of doing yeah. three years and rushing into work taking four years and doing a year in Argentina or somewhere like that yeah, that would have been phenomenal and yeah. I really regret not doing that yeah I probably I guess I don't regret anything there, but um, if I'd gone and done that, I speak a little bit of French because I grew up for some of my childhood in New Caledonia. Right. But if I'd gone to France, I would uh, yeah. and, and done that. That would have been a good idea. Yeah. Probably. So I mean, you know, and it's there. Throw yourself. It's you know the the universities facilitate it. It's. I would say they borderline encourage it mostly. You know, yeah, definitely, and it's it's you know if, if they're sending you to somewhere like Italy where you know it's it's hard if you don't know the language they, they prop you up they put you in touch with people who can translate you know they it's it's they ease you through it yeah you know? um it's a, you know it's, it was so good going <laughs> to Canada and doing that. i drove across canada from tofino all the way oh that's phenomenal yeah. and now you're going out with a french canadian girl that funnily all, enough, it all makes sense funnily enough, <laughs> who you know the original place i want to go to victoria on vancouver island and that's where uh that's where old man's got a house so, right you know it's um I, you know, I'm sure we'll spend some time there. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. Good. So you did an awesome thing. Like, that was incredible to do. Surely there were concerns doing it. I'm thinking, oh, geez, the strategic consultants aren't going to like this. or. Um, yeah, I didn't really care um, because I didn't want to do what I saw, you know. And I didn't, really, I didn't really know what I wanted to do, and I've still done it. I don't think anyone really Nobody necessarily does. does. Nobody does. Um, yeah. No, I, I, yeah, there's definitely fear there. And, mm. and that's, um, you know, you have to overcome that. And, and it's interesting because especially I've known a lot about Ireland as a, as, a, as, a, as a place to grow up. And, you know, I've, I've had a lot to do with that country. And it's interesting because there's a lot of fear there from families. You know, so you can't much. do that. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Go to school, study, do your thing. You know, be an accountant, be a lawyer. It's be a brainwashing. It's properly brainwashing. Yeah, but it's actually it's 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 almost subconscious and unintentional because you've got a generation of oh, yeah, people yeah. that that wasn't a possibility yeah. the same way that it is now. So it would be absurd to think that you could do that. Yeah. And um and it's interesting because I've watched um parents who have children who did that and are doing that and are living here or have gone back to Ireland and. They've changed their tune. They've gone, wow, that's actually, I'm really, you know, you taught me something. Yeah. As a parent, I told you that was not possible. You showed me that it was possible and mm. you've done something quite, quite amazing. And I think there's, you know, if there's a closed mindset, that's the point. Yeah. You don't, you don't want to be that person in 40 years' time. Yeah. Too, you know, 
What was the, the kind of mantra that you kept in your head that prevented you from being afraid? Um, I don't know. My parents always said to me, I don't care, uh, I don't care what, you, what you do as long as you're happy. And so I was always lucky to have parents that encouraged me to do whatever, whatever made me happy. So I never really... I guess that was my mantra. You know, it doesn't matter what you do as long as you're happy. Right? Yeah. And, and as long as what you're doing makes other people happy and you're mm. not negatively affecting other people. Then yeah, that's a big thing. It's all about being positive. I think not that um, you could say, we'll just say hypothetically it was McKinsey that you were interviewing for and you would have got a job offer, all that stuff. If you um, went to McKinsey, that would have been a whole different life path. The McKinsey guy who would have started with you will show up, say, at Byron or whatever. And if you're wearing, driving a fast car with a really nice suit and watch or whatever, and you'll think, God, I wish I had that car, that suit and that watch. And then he'll meet you, and you'll be cool as you like, loving your life, all that stuff. And he'll say, God, I wish I had that guy's life. Yeah. There's always, it's always grass is green on the other side, no matter what way you're doing it. For sure. And so I really think that going for the follow your heart option makes a lot more sense. Yeah. Because the watches and the suits and the cars can all be traded in the time spent doing something you love can't yeah and it's just much more valuable yeah i think so i value experience more than possession yeah and i think that's what it comes down to for me yeah um and i think that should be the way for most people but it is important to have a balance of that i think i'll probably you know go off to the one side maybe and should maybe have put a bit more time into trying to, you know, um, build some wealth to, you know, enable me to do more things now that I want to do, yeah. buy a house, which has become very challenging in Australia. But that doesn't really, you know. A house doesn't make up for all the time you spent doing stuff nah, like that. Nah, not at all. And it is important, I've got, you know, I've got the next few years to figure that out. Yeah. So, whatever. And you're in a world now where you're at a level where you're able to own a small business and operate one and grow one and build one and hopefully sell one and small business is a very good ticket for that and you talking say last night about a lot of friends in Byron Bay who have done well with literally just local small largely hospitality based businesses yeah like it's not it's not easy to do but the opportunity and the door is there to do it yeah I mean you know you figure out something that really makes you happy to do every day yeah put five years of solid effort into it you're gonna you're gonna do alright and you know and, and travel I think whether you have a career in travel or whether you just enjoy it and then you take those experiences back to wherever you're from and do something um, that, that, you know, that interests you. Yeah. It's interesting. A, a friend of mine, she was an accountant in Dublin and, uh, you know, she, she decided to take some time off and do a trip and she hadn't done a lot of travelling and she went with her boyfriend and went to Vietnam and came to Australia. They did a, I think it was like a six-month she, she took a little of absence from the job. They kept the job. She's really good at what she did. Right. She got back and she's now she's a food blogger. And a she's chef. a food blogger. From the canton to food blogger. Yeah, and she's so happy. You know, she's. I see her on on, on social media. She's so happy. It's yeah. Like, you know. Um, well, so social media isn't the main uh, indicator of happiness. I'll give her a bit of a shout out. It's called elbows off the table. So you know. Right. Okay. <laughs> which is hilarious because that's what your mum would say. <laughs> so yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Okay, we'll jump into a couple of quick fire questions then. Cool. I always finish up with these just to get a 
A little bit of an insight. Um, highest high of the travelling life? I would say, um, are you looking for an example, you mean? Or just... uh, what does it offer that, that brings you to a height that you don't think anything else could offer? I'm going to guess it's something like variety of people or something like that. Yeah, or okay. freedom of mind, maybe? Yeah, I'd just say, uh, yeah, free, freedom is probably... Freedom is probably it, really. When you you know when you're traveling, you feel free. I think the height of your emotion when you're traveling is that freedom to go. You know, wake up in the morning and you know you can do whatever you want. Yeah. You could drive to Sydney. Yeah, hit the road. Go to Whitehaven Beach, or you could head north to Cairns. And yeah. if, if you're really free, that's a pretty amazing feeling to have. It's not something that's healthy to have all the time. Cause yeah. Then you're just homeless, I guess. But <laughs> you know that that freedom to experience that freedom. That's yeah, it's big. I don't plan my holidays, as you can see. I just booked the flights, and then like yeah. I did, I started it with Croatia a couple of years ago. Yeah. And then um, I've been doing it since. You just don't really plan it. And yeah, that's you, your you keep way. I love freedom. planning my holidays. Do you? That's why, I'm, that's why you know I was a travel agent because I love researching what you can do in a place, and I think there's um, something to be said there where you know if uh, you know you you can miss out on things if you don't plan. Yeah. And and so a good balance. My girlfriend's the other way around. She she doesn't. Plan anything, so yeah. I guess we have a good balance because you know it's nice not to plan everything. I don't plan every minute of every day, yeah. not like that. But I love researching a destination, learning about the place, its history, what you can do there. And I want really it to be, in. I want it to be as unknown as possible yeah. and unfamiliar as possible. Yeah, so like that's even cool. I show up at the airport. I don't know how I'm going to get to the hotel. I do a bit of, I do a bit of that. I mean, right. I, I, I've traveled enough that I have different experiences in different places. Yeah. So you know, I. I'll rock up to a place and yeah, you know, I won't even know where I'm going next or yeah. how I got there. Oh, it's, it's really, really cool. Lowest low of traveling? It's gotta be something Ooh. financial related. Yeah, definitely, money-wise, yeah. for sure. When I did that amazing trip to Canada, and this is, you hear the good side of it, and this is the shit side, yeah. is that I had a fantastic time on a road trip, and uh, I was uh, waiting, I was a university student, I was, you know, didn't have a lot of yeah. money even, I'd save, and I, uh, I was waiting on some money to come through from uh, a grant that I'd got, for, like a scholarship, I guess. And I ended up in Halifax in Nova Scotia at midnight in winter on the wrong side of town with nowhere to stay and no money. Oh my God. And 20 bucks. And that was fucking tough. You know, yeah. there was crackheads everywhere. And I was, you know, I was like, fuck, I'm in a spot here, <laughs> you know. And, uh, what did you do? Did you sleep right? No, I went into a hostel and it was, it was, what turned out being, you know, that was, that was, that was complete zero, no money in the bank, yeah. middle of, so far away from anyone that could help me, you know, couldn't even, didn't even have money to call somebody yeah. in a way, you know. Um, and this, I walked into this hostel and asked the guy if he had any beds and figured I'd just, you know, blag it until the next day. And uh, he said it was full, and he's like, "Tell you what, I'm waiting on a late check, and so if uh, if they don't show up, you can have the bed, but if not, you can sleep on the couch." Ah, uh, what a man. And he was this old uh, Newfie guy from Newfoundland, right. and, uh, so they're a bit they're a bit odd, big beard, you know, right. a bit of a pirate, I guess. And uh, he, he, we just ended up chatting. Like he told me the Rolling Stones are coming to town in a few weeks, and I ended up seeing them. It was great, and you know, we had a you know had a cup of coffee and had a yarn and he told me all about Halifax from, from his point of view and I learned a lot about the town and 
you know. That's cool. He didn't charge me for the room, so I could buy food the next day. What a legend. Yeah, that's very cool. You meet people like that, right? That's yeah, kind of funny. Low is low to the highest. That was good. Exactly. Yeah. Your low is low yeah. fed exactly into the highest height. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we were talking about this last night. Inspirational person for you. You've read about some really cool people. Yeah, I. And you've definitely met some really cool people too. Yeah, I don't know. I would say, um, if you're talking about someone like Jack Kerouac, who we were talking about yeah. last night, I find <laughs> him quite inspiring as a writer and the way that he, you know, the way that he lived his life because he's pretty carefree. Yeah. So probably someone like him, Jack Kerouac. I love Kerouac. Those guys yeah. live so like just kind of purely off the hip. Yeah, on the road. <clears> it's <throat> a book everyone should read, and it's not an easy book to read. No, but that's yeah, we were talking. So I read on the road in hospital in Thailand last year, and it completely changed my outlook. And Kerouac changed my outlook. Yeah, which is why I pulled up a quote here that we were talking about last night. Oh yeah, cool. I was going. To, the next question was inspirational quote. Yeah, well, but is it this one? Is it the burn burn one? Yeah, yeah. So I can read it. That's cool. I love this quote. The only people for me are the mad ones, the ones who are mad to live, mad to talk, mad to be saved, desirous of everything at the same time, the ones who never yawn or say commonplace thing, but burn, burn, burn like fabulous Roman candles exploding like spiders across the stars. Oh, that's one of my (laughs) favourite. So cheesy, but so good. It's just beautiful. Yeah. It's It's incredible. It's it's what it's all about. That's one of my favourites of all time as well. Yeah. Um, Trip you did, we've kind of covered, we'll put in Sri Lanka for that. Opportunity you wish you took? Uh, yeah, I only really have one regret in my life, and that's missing out on a good friend's wedding. So always go to your mate's wedding. <laughs> yeah. Was he cranky? Nah, nah, he's cool. He's, he's understanding, but you know, uh, never, never, yeah, never miss out on things like that. You'll never get those back. Yeah. yeah. Habit you wish you had in uni, or in early twenties, or even uh, now. Some Prob- people say read more. Yeah, I've read a lot, so yeah. probably not reading, but I'll probably probably exercise more. Right, yeah, okay. Be a bit healthier. I think that's uh, I think that's really important. Yeah, yeah. The surfing helps you out there now. Yeah, I'm lucky, and I still don't exercise enough, but I'd probably say exercise more. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, how about you wish you didn't have? Oh, I don't know. Probably uh, self involvement at times. I think you know it's uh, it's. I think it's important not to be too self-involved yeah. and I think that's something that I get into sometimes. Yeah, fair enough. Damage, can damage relationships, I guess. Yeah. Um, why do you get out of bed? How has the reason you get out of bed changed over the past 10 years? I get out of bed to go surfing. <laughs> really? <Is> that- <laughs> that's when I really get out of bed, when I know that, you know, because I love surfing and, and it's good fun and um, if it's the middle of winter and raining, and your wetsuit's wet, and it's six in the morning, and you, you know, you've got a girl beside you. you, you you've got your girlfriend beside you, and you can get out of bed to go jump in the cold water. That's 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 my That's love. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's, that's passion for the sport. God, that's incredible. That's very cool. Yeah. Get out of bed for something you love. And has that changed over the past 10 years? Not at all. Awesome. Probably more time in bed with a girl out of <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Well, any other messages for, for these young fellas setting out on their trips? Hey, uh, no, I love what you're doing. It's really, really cool. You know, Thanks very it's, much. It's, it's great. And uh, I think a lot of people should take time. TED Talks, podcasts. Yeah. It's about learning 
more regardless of whether you take a message from something or not. Mm. Um, Just take what, it in. I think, yeah, I think that really thing that I wanted to remind you about was that TED talk about the guy getting rejected. Oh, I can't yeah, remember yeah. what it's called, but if you look up rejection on, on TED.com, yeah. um, you'll find it. And that's great because I think that's a really important lesson for people is to you know, face your fears a little yeah. bit. And that's what, something I took away from yeah. this day. I could probably give a TED talk on rejection as well after this holiday. <laughs> Okie doke. Well, thanks very much, guys. Thank you very much, Joel. Absolute pleasure, mate. Thanks, mate. Cheers. Thank you. That's cool. Okay, so I hope you guys enjoyed that episode and learned a little bit about Joel's world and how the travel world works. Just to give my uh, two pence on it over the week and hanging out with people who are all working in that business. It definitely sounds like a cool business to work in. I mean, it is. It unsurprisingly, we all meet these people when we're traveling, and they're clearly having a great time with their lives and living in holiday spots for a year or six months at a time, and interacting with tourists as they come and go. It's obviously going to be great fun, great nightlife, um, and an awesome way to see the world. The downside of it would be, from a professional perspective, just the the salary that you're getting. So you're going to be paid less because the lifestyle is so good. I think that's pretty natural. If you were between, say, 23 and 28 working in that business, from what I gather, you could reasonably expect to make about fifty to 100,000 Aussie dollars a year. So, firstly, to the people in Europe, uh, in Ireland, that's the equivalent lifestyle-wise and disposable income-wise of about... Um, 30 or 25 to 50,000 euro a year. So basically, when you think in lifestyle and salary, uh, what that translates to, just divide Aussie dollars by two. It's not the foreign exchange rate, but it is how um, the, the disposable income thing kind of works out. So you get pretty good money, um, not as good as you would in the corporate world, but you'd have nowhere near as much fun and, and as colorful an experience in the corporate world as you would when traveling and working in the travel industry. After... Um, working in it for a couple of years, the, it seems like the natural step is to actually just own your own shop and own your own uh, tour or hostel or whatever it might be, booking company. And the people doing that can make obviously upwards of, of two, three, four hundred K a year, Aussie dollars again. So when you think about it, there's a lot of money there. Like I was in Early Beach for a week, a tiny town in, in North Queensland in Australia. Every week there, a couple of thousand, let's just say 10,000 tourists pass through. Every one of those has to book and buy a flight to and from there. Every one of them will stay in a hostel or a hotel every night of the week there. Every one of them has to buy three meals a day there. Every one of them will do tours that cost a couple of hundred dollars a couple of times while they're there. So there's a lot of cash running through that place just from tourism. And that cash has to go to someone and it goes to the people working in tourism there. So there is a lot of money to go around when you're working in a tourism hotspot. That's definitely true. And a lot of the guys, what they're doing is sales-based. So they're kind of getting commissioned on how many people they can get onto their tour, how uh, at what price they can get people in, etc. So you can make good money, and it is definitely good grinding for a sales career as well. If you're in your early 20s and you fancy a bit of travel but don't want to give it all up, and you see yourself going into sales anyway... There's no hit to your career in doing this or no material hit to your career in doing this. I'd, uh, I'd, I'd recommend it to anyone going into sales. Travel, sell at the same time, get your experience, meet a lot of people, have a great time and then go back and sink your teeth into it a bit more intensely when you go home. 
I hope you guys enjoyed that episode um, and enjoyed the chat. It was something different. If you guys have any feedback for me on either the, the episode, the guest, the chat, or this little digest that I'm going to start doing at the end of the episodes, just to try to make a little bit more sense of it for you, uh, let me know. Let me know on Facebook, on my website, markmaxwelloz.com. Uh, drop me a note. Let me know what you think, what I could be doing better, and I'll be sure to include that in the coming episodes. So until next time, take it easy.